The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of BronxNet or the program underwriters. What's up, Bronx Sites? Episode number two, Emerging Media Makers. Shockingly enough, they brought us back. We are back. It's Bernardo. Get comfortable. Stay with us. Emerging Media Makers, episode number two. I'm your host, Bernardo Maranta, Programming Manager here at BronxNet. It's Emerging Media Makers, spotlighting new and exciting programs on your BronxNet channels. This month, we have comedy and we have sports. We have community producers Patrice Francois from The Miss Francois Show and James Zeiss from Section 420 Talking Yankees. So let's get right into it. First up, Miss Patrice Francois. Hello. A future <laughs> star in the making right here. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And you brought the cups? Of course. We're all set here? You see? <laughs> Miss Francois. <laughs> so tell us about you. Uh, you're funny. You take chances. You have great energy. Where does this all come from? Where does this, this bolt of talent come from? Okay, wait. You missed the part where I'm beautiful and... and beautiful. Uh, okay, and, and intelligent. And, and you improvise. Okay. <laughs> uh, just making sure we get that out there. Well... The whole thing is, life is too serious sometimes, and everyone takes things so seriously. To me, the whole thing is you should laugh at yourself, laugh at other people. It's not that serious. Sure, sure, sure. And why did you choose to do a show about relationships? Because that's what Well, let me about. tell you. You see, men, that's a whole, that's a whole story by itself. Yes, you too, <laughs> okay? Because men is the reason I'm doing this show. I mean, you see how amazing and beautiful I am. Why is that I'm still single? Make sure they hear that I'm single, oh. okay? I'm looking. I'm not looking for a boyfriend or a man. I'm looking for a husband, oh, okay? <laughs> so it's because of that. You go into relationship after relationship, and then, of course, they mess up because it's not me, obviously, because I have a great personality, of right? Course, yes. And because of the failed relationship on their part, that's what brings me to the show. And you know when you break up and you're crying and you don't want to eat and you're stressed out and you're calling your girlfriends that are going to give you bad information? I don't want to focus on that. To me, I turn it into something where we can laugh about, you know, not feel so sorry for yourself and take that energy and put it somewhere else. So that's how the whole show started, especially because of my last breakup. Ah. So what's your background? Do you have, like, experience doing TV or was this your first show? And the, like, how did you come to, to us here at BronxNet? So, so, so the first thing, I have no ex real experience in TV. I okay. have... Nothing. Most of the things, how it happened is I'm part of Toastmaster International where it has clubs where people, you know, could speak and you get leadership skills and stuff. So I'm part of a club called Emerging Speakers of Elmont in Long Island. So sometimes I used to go there and in 2014 or so I joined, but I was too scared. I used to shake every time I had to do any kind of speech. And 2016, even though in a short space of time, I end up winning the humorous competition in all of like New York, Long Island, Westchester. So nice. that was a shock. And that speech was basically, I need a man. But it was more focused on Steve Harvey can't find me a man. Because if he can't find right. you a man, who's going to find you a man? Right, right, right. And the following year in 2017, I made it into like a, a one woman show, like a 45 minutes off Broadway. And I took that and I said, why not make a whole TV show? But nice. it's so funny. It's like my friend, his name is Sherman Brown. He 
actually comes here and he do some interviews and he's the one that told me all about it. Okay. And as soon as I came, I saw everything. I was like, I can't do no half an hour show. I don't have any material. Right. I just hooked up with my friend because she went through like a bad breakup. And I said, you want to come do something? It's just for like, you know, they just want us to do something to see if we could do anything for class. And she came to talk about how her husband had the girl in the bathroom hiding and it was a good episode, right? And lo and behold, it ended up being the pilot for the first show and people right. loved it. You know, people like a little gossip. Of course. So of that's course. that's how it all started. Beautiful, beautiful. And how did you actually like hook up with BronxNet? Like how did that develop? So my friend Sherman Bronx, he was telling me about, he. I was feeling kind of down in February. You know, something you go through life, you're like, this is it, the work and home, this is pathetic. So he, I was like, I feel like I'm not sure what I want to do in life right now. And he's like, what you want to do? I'm like, maybe I should just have a TV show. But I say crazy stuff every time. People say I'm a little loopy, but whatever. No, that's not the reason I can't keep a man. Not the reason at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. So he was telling me, I was saying, I want to do a TV show. I'm like, you heard of Carol Burnett? And he goes, no. I'm like, darn it. Am I that old? But I love Carl Burnett, I love Oprah, and I love Steve Harvey. So Carl Burnett tells stories, Oprah gives the serious talk, and Steve Harvey is funny. So I said, I want to do a, a TV show. And he's like, oh, BronxNet does this, that, and the other. I'm like, oh. I'm like, I'll check, I'll check it out. And that's all it was, just someone saying one, one thing. I always say it's one sentence or one person that could change your entire future and your direction of where you were going. So thank you, Sherman Brown. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> So let's take a quick look uh, at a clip from Ms. Francois and Ms. Francois's show, which airs Thursday nights at 9.30 on Optimus 68 and Files 34. Let's take a look. You all get something, you all in a serious love-love relationship, you all get hurt, right? And as soon as you all get hurt, that one particular time, it's like you all can't even move on. No. Go that's ahead. That's not every man. That's a very biased Blanket statement. Did I not say I'm not biased? Yeah. Whatsoever? Well, anyway, that's a that's a very blanket statement. Yes, we come across people, men as well as women, who are jaded, and um, that's not always the case. For myself, I'm very fortunate not to be jaded. I can be hurt. I can lick my wounds. They heal. We move on, and I can love. You just you. saw a clip from the Miss Francois show. <laughs> On Emerging Media Makers, it's Bernardo. I'm here with the producer and host of the Miss Francois show, Miss Francois, Patrice Francois. And why is it that, okay, so in the first episode, you focused more on female, on female empowerment, it seemed like, right? Yes. And in episode number two, which we saw, just saw a clip from, it was, you had two male guests. Was that on purpose to, like, balance it off? So, like, the first episode was so, more one way, and then you went back the other way. I'll be honest. I'm very much biased. I'm all for us women, as far as I'm concerned, we're right. But you know something, it's good to mix, up, mix it up a bit. So one of the guys that came, he was like, oh, why don't you have some guys on your show? I'm like, fine, came up, come up with a topic, and I'll let you come on the show. So he said, you like, men hurt too. So I'm like, okay, fine, come and talk about how you're hurting after you hurt everybody else, and then you want to act like you get hurt once. So that's how I end up having guys on the show, which I'll have now. And again, to, like you said, just to mix it up because it gives that you know extra spice. And I am right. Trinidadian, nice. so that's extra spice. Indeed. And then, uh, why is it MSS in capital letters as opposed to just Miss? Multi-talented, super sexy. Ah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I didn't even realize that. That's very. Cool. I know, because everyone asks me that, and I get to say, that, and then they go, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yep." So multi. Multi-talented, super sexy. Super sexy. Very nice. Very nice. So what life experiences, because you have a very, very, very unique take on everything, right, and on relationships, and you definitely 
are not afraid to say what you think, and you're not afraid to say that you know, men are <laughs> men are whatever. Well, let's not. I'm not. I'm not going to bash men. But <laughs> what specific experiences do you have, or have you had in your life that inform the way you produce a show and the way you host a show? Okay, so. A lot of time growing up, people say I was kind of cuckoo or I had like, I should be a cartoon character. And honestly, that's who I am. I could never stay serious for too long. Even when I try and the few times I do try, everyone thinks I'm sick or they feel they want to comfort me. And I mean, I'm a human being, but I just tend to be always bubbly. I don't even know why. Mind you, the only reason I came on the show, I thought you wasn't married, but now I see a ring. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a mixture of different things. And the fact that you mix humor and relatable topics about relationships, is that the plan? Is that what we're going to see more of in future shows? Like, is that the, the plan of attack for the show? Or yeah. are you going to mix it up in the future maybe and talk so, about something else? So, so this is how I wanted it, right? Most of the time, two things get people to watch. is either you make them laugh or you make them cry. So that's what I believe. That's my perspective on things. So the first five minutes of the show is always I'd, I have a guest or a comedic, some sketch or anything for about five minutes. Right. So once people see that, they're like, oh, this is kind of funny. Let me see what she wants to talk about. And then I switch it into a little serious talk. But even no matter what it is, I try to have a slight, you know, humor in there because that keeps people watching. If you start to go into a long, boring story and why, Lord, no, after a while, people are just not going to look on but one thing I'm trying to switch it up with to me if you think about it everything is a relationship so one of my episodes I recently taped where I had like a rapper on and I was you know people's like a rapper how does that pertain to relationship but I have him perform his song his song has to be referenced to some kind of relationship which he did have something like that and when I interviewed him it was about him and different relationships that he had because being a rapper in the music industry you know, different women, different people you end up, you know, dealing with. So everything, no matter what, is going to come back to a relationship. So I make that sw I make that swing on everything. And you mentioned you have comedians on, which I've seen on the show. Yeah. Where do you find them? Are they, like, local comedians? Thank God Bronx, for or? Toastmasters. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> Toastmasters, technically, that's the reason it all started off. And Nancy Garlic, she is the president right now. She's the one that founded Emerging Speakers at Elmont. And she's the reason that... I even started in that particular Toastmasters, and that was, one of them was her husband. And like every, everybody so far that basically been on has been part of Toastmasters, not even my club, but different clubs. Like recently, I taped an episode that hasn't aired yet. Brian Robinson, he had a book called How to Meet Women on the Subway, and he was a winner a few years ago on a humorous speech having to do with Toastmasters. So I have to thank Toastmasters for that. Very nice. So you have long comedy sketches in your show, real life testimonials, improvisation, stand up comedy. Is this the is set in stone? Are you open to maybe changing it up, or do you think this is working? I, th this is like, working. I love the show personally. But. I love it too. My thing is, th this is me. At the end of the day, I'm doing me. I'm not trying to be Oprah, even though I love Oprah. I'm not trying to be Steve Harvey. I'm just want to be me. Because one of the episodes that I had taped, I try to be all like over proper. I'm like, hi, welcome to the Miss Francis show. And someone whispered in my ear and said, you're not professional. Why are you trying to pretend to be professional? I'm like, that is true. I'm not. Let's, I just want to be me. I just want to relax, just have a conversation, you know? And I, even when I have guests on the show, sometimes I send them pre-questions, they, what, they, what I may ask, but the number one thing I tell everyone, my brain doesn't reach my mouth in time, so I have no cap. So I don't know what I might say, but everything is still a conversation. So I, I, whatever I'm doing right now, I like 
what I'm doing. As time progress, things always change, new things come, so we'll see how that works. Maybe I'll have you as a guest sometime. Hey, I would love to come on as a guest, <laughs> but no male bashing. No. <laughs> so real quick, what is your take on the current state of comedy on TV? Okay, so one thing I must say with my show, I don't like cursing. Right, so I try not to do any of the cursing thing. To me, the only problem with comedy right now, everyone is very scared of comedy because no matter what you say, sometimes it's some political aspect of it. Sometimes it could be about it can like people too scared to make jokes now. You can't make jokes about Me Too movement. It, everything is so serious now. So sometimes it's so hard for new comics coming out because you have to worry about people going, "Oh my God, I was wrong for him to say one minute you have you could have sixty thousand followers, next minute everyone runs away from you." So people have to still be conscious of what you're making fun of. But like I say, I try to keep it with relationships. A relationship is kind of, you know, it's broad in its own way, but it's, certain, you know, things that's okay and could carry over to most people, especially females. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you. Emerging Media Makers, <laughs> Patrice Francois. This is it right here. <laughs> the Miss Francois Show. Thursday nights, 9.30, Optimum 68 and Files 34, Optimum 68, which is in HD now, by the way, here on BronxNet. Coming up next, James Zeiss from Section 420 Talking Yankees. It's Emerging Media Makers on BronxNet. Welcome back, Emerging Media Makers episode number two. Bernardo with you. Our next guest, James Zeiss, producer of Section 420 Talking Yankees. James, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. The Yankees, that's my team too. But, High five, man. You gotta that's keep it, it Bronx here, you know? It would have been awkward if I was a Red Sox fan doing this interview. Mm, you know, it, it, it yeah, might take it a little violent. Too soon, too soon. Take, yeah, a little violent. I gotta get over it. Okay, before we even get into the meat and potatoes of this interview, like, what do you think about them actually like doing what they did, like it was singing? New York, New York, after they won yeah. the World Series in the locker room. What, what was that about? Yeah, well, in fairness, Judge kind of started that because after they won game two in Fenway, he kind of went by the locker room and started blasting New York, New York. So Judge kind of initiated that, uh, so they uh, had to answer it back. I hear that story. So yeah. you got the inside track, man. You got That's the inside it. track. I, I, I got some people on the inside. You so know? you host Section 420 Talking Yankees. Uh, how did you have the idea or come up with the idea for the show, and how did you come to us here at Bronx Net? Sure. Um, well, first I used to work with a friend, and we used to do a lot of one-off videos. Like one of them was like a cooking video where I took like a, a hot dog, a hamburger, and made a, a hamburger, hot dog, quesadilla. I made, I made cooked some weird things. Another time I went to an antique toy and train show and went in there and kind of did behind the scenes. I did a bike tour of Pelham Bay Park. But it was a separate project. So my friend was like, hey, let's just do something where we can consistently have a show. Right. So, hmm, I'm in the Bronx. What should we talk about? Yankees, hi. <laughs> exactly. What's so, more Yankees than that? I mean, more Bronx than that? That's, there you go. And so that started about three years ago. So we just started consistently doing these videos. We had it on YouTube. And then I had a, a friend out in Long Island who uh, is very heavy into um, public access TV. He said, hey, James, I see you do this thing. It's great. But, you know, you could put it on public access. And I was like, really? It just seemed like, you know, like no one really talks about it stuff anymore. So I did my research. Found Brock's in it, and well, here I am. And you took the class, and you graduated, and you submitted your show, and here it is. Yeah, exactly. And the dream happened. There you go. It was, and it was easy. I mean, you, you kind of think, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, but sure. it, it's so easy. And it's just like, wow, I, should, I wish I'd done that years ago. But, you know, every, you know, timing's everything, and I guess, you know, there's a purpose for me to be here. Excellent. So now we're going to check out a clip from Section 420, Talking Yankees with James Zeiss. Check mm -hmm. it out. Now, regular season game only, July 9th, 2011. But it's when Derek Jeter got his 3,000 hit, which no other Yankee did before. 
and offer a tough lefty, David Price. But in the game, in total, Jeter goes five for five, and again, on his 3,000 hit to get a home run. It's like it's never been done before. The place erupts. I was up there in Section 420. It was a, a, a historic moment for the Yankees. That's from Section 420 Talking Yankees. It's on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on BX Omni. So we have James, the producer here. And so in that clip, you talked about the 3,000 fit that uh, Jeter had. Is that the re like? Were you actually sitting in Section 420 in Yankee Stadium when that happened? Is that the reason that you named the show that way? Um, no, uh, yeah, well, par partially. But um, we even at the old uh, Yankee Stadium, my uncle really, you know, I used to go a lot of games with him, and we used to always sit in that section, upper deck behind home plate. So in the new in the new stadium, it's Section 420, and even if we had tickets there or there or there, we'd always go to that section. So that's, you know, so in terms of naming the show, you know, well, Talking Yankees, that's like eh, generic, and there's been right. other similar titles, but I wanted something different. So, so, so I want to give the feel like a fan in the stands. So the guy, that guy in Section 420. Sure, so, sure. And a lot of people think the 420 has something to do with some other 420. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely no. not. And not that I would turn those people away, but it has nothing to do with that. It's the seating <laughs> you section. You want the maximum audience possible. Exactly. So yeah. if those, you, don't, you don't discriminate. Bring them yeah. in. Bring them in. It's okay. But yeah, it has to do with the section. Um, and in that clip, actually, it's a little different because usually it's a straight narrative where I'm just speaking right to the camera, blah, 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 talk about the team. So in that clip, it was my top 10 Yankee moments. And, of course, Jeter hitting the home run. So we kind of played with it in post-production. That's why you see it's a bit of cloudy movie. Yeah, yep, yep, like yep. I'm remembering, and I'm not talking to the camera. I'm actually kind of recollecting, or I'm like talking to someone else, and then you, the viewer, kind of peeking in, or checking right. in my conversations. Right, right. listen to my conversations. But anyway, that was the whole deal. Um, and, of course, yes, I was up there. Jeter went 5 for 5, and on his 3,000 hit, hitting a home run to get the 3,000 hit. Yes. It's like, I mean, this guy's like, I don't know, God wrote the script to his life. It's just insane. So you mentioned the way you shot that. Like, your show has high production value. You've got the Yankee uh, Stadium in the background, and you're around the Yankee Stadium and talking to people around the Yankee Stadium. So uh, why did you choose that specific look or that specific approach to your production for your show? Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's been similar type of stuff, and you have talk radio, but... Uh, it's not just about the Yankees, it's about the area. Um, you know, there's that South Bronx area, the, the architecture. I mean, the new stadium looks amazing. You go across the street, there's the park there, the track and field. I like to showcase that. I like to showcase the old courthouse. And if you go up 161 across the courthouse, there's a beautiful park. And if you go there in late um, April, I mean, when the flowers come out blooming all over, it's just like, you know, very amazing. And I mean, maybe in the past, people have some negative connotations about the area. I'm just trying to show the, the beautification of it. Just, you know, hey, this is a beautiful area. Uh, you know, the, the subway and stuff like that. I mean, you couldn't even build a, a Hollywood set like that. So, yeah. you know, talk about the Yankees one thing, but I like to have my feet on the ground and actually be there on the ground. And, and just, it, just, it, it brings people in more versus me just kind of sitting behind a, a wall that has the Yankee logo or something. You know, and there's plenty of those on YouTube as well. But this is very unique. No one else is doing it this sure. way. Sure. And so pick one. Old Yankee Stadium, New Yankee Stadium. Or maybe old, old Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium, or new Yankee Stadium. Yeah, unfortunately, I never got to see the old, old, old one. In fact, there's an old uh, movie with Jimmy. If no one ever seen the old Yankee Stadium, it's called FBI Story by Jimmy Stewart. There's actually a scene where they go into the old Yankee. It's probably the only movie you see of the old Yankee Stadium. So if anyone wants to check that out. Now, I always thought I would hate the new. I'm a traditionalist. I thought I would hate the new Yankee Stadium. But I went there for the second game because the Yankees lost the first game ever there to the Cleveland Indians. Second game, Yankees won. G to that guy again. Hits a home run. Mariano <laughs> got the save. And, you know, I was like, hey, this place isn't a bad as thought of it. They brought back some of the old tradition of the old stadium. And with those elevators, especially if you're up there in Section 420, 
uh, boom, you get down the elevator. You're out in the stadium in like less than a minute sometimes. The old stadium, you'd have to go down those rampways like yeah. that. It took forever to get yeah. out, especially after a loss. You, you feel miserable. You want to get out of there. The only good thing with that, that once people bunch up like that, you might get a couple of fights with Red Sox fans. That was kind of interesting. But yeah, the new, I like, actually, I really like the new stadium. I found myself, you know, surprisingly, you know, very happily surprised at that. So your show, you focus on the Yankees for 29 minutes straight, basically. And so you have the gift of gab, absolutely. So yeah. do you draw inspiration from any specific sports talk show hosts that you might have grown up listening to or watching on TV or on sports radio? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, I like the fan. Of course, Mike Frances, he's the king. I also like uh, Joe Nevo on WFAN, the fan. Michael Kay, another Bronx native. Um, he's on ESPN Radio. So, yeah, I um, grew up with a lot of them. And this was overnight. So, yeah, I like Yankee talk. I like talk radio. And I always wanted to kind of go into sports journalism some way. But I've also been, uh, you know, love, like media, like making videos. So I try to combine them both. Because, um, again, I think the thing you lose with sports talk, it's just like it's a voice, it's great, but like you, you can't really visualize the person talking to you. So that's why sure. I like to talk and, again, have my hand movement, stuff like that. I can't help it, I'm part Italian, so <laughs> part of the whole deal. Hey, it happens with us uh, Dominicans. <laughs> what can you do? Uh, so you have your YouTube channel, yes? Yes. So how important do you feel it is to cross-promote between different platforms and, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, you have to be, I mean, just because, you know, s some people, um, you know, for example, this may not know about Bronx Snap, but let's say they, they could go to YouTube and vice, you know, and vice versa, because there is something cool about seeing it on TV. Like, I remember the first time I watched the, the pilot episode, I was just stunned, I was just amazed. Yeah. So, you got to be there. I, I, I tweet it out. I, I, mean, I Facebook it as well. Just try to get, get the word out there, get an audience, and then just see what goes in. I, but I, I, like the, I like the YouTube parks. I like to interact. You know, people make comments. Hey, no, we should not make this trade. Or, mm -hmm. good idea. You know, I say something, you know, I, I want people to, like, disagree with me or agree with me. Or I want us to start a conversation with fans, you know. So not just leave it to the professionals. Because all you get to see is the guys on, like, the news anchors, stuff like that. They only get their opinion. I want opinion from regular people, and just go back and forth banter, and it's you know it's 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 nice. Have you considered maybe doing a live show where you could kind of take phone calls? Ah, so ah. maybe you do part of the show the way you're doing it now, and then maybe ah we'll talk, we'll talk. I, I, <laughs> hey, I'm open, I'm open to ideas. Because that way you get the immediate feedback from people. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I like conversations. Like I said, once in a while I do bring a guest on, some friends to talk. I mean, usually it's me, blah 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 blah. But you know. Once in a while, I like to bring other people. And yeah, that, that, would, that would, you know, I'd definitely be open to those ideas. So, hard hitting question right now Mets or Red Sox if they're playing together? Who do I go for? Yeah. Actually, I'd actually go for the Mets, actually. Really? Yeah. See, I just feel like the Yankees are the, the big brother. So, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't mind the Mets getting one once in a while. It just depends who it is, how the situation is. Um, that's why a lot of people say, like, this Yankee team, it's hard to hate them because it's Judge, it's Sanchez, it's young guys. You, I can understand them hating the old Yankees where they had A-Rod and Giambi and all these big money guys. So right now in the Mets, is like no one to hate. So I wouldn't really mind seeing them, you know, beat up on the Red Sox a little bit. Mm -hmm. And plus, you know, the Red Sox have all those guys with those beards and stuff. <laughs> uh, it just drives me nuts. I don't know. No beards. So, so let's get into it. Like, what do the Yankees need to do to take it all next year? Like, this is just depressing this year. Yeah. What needs to happen? Tell us. It has to be the, st the starting pitching. They got the hitting down. It's just, if you look, you know, with the starters, you have Severino. It was great. He kind of fell flatten that, that, that Red Sox game. But other than that, all the other starters, that you know, they had to pull them by the, the second or third inning. They just yeah. could, you know, back in the day, we used to have three or four guys. So it was like Andy Pettit, El Duque, David Cohn, yep. those guys, you know. And then when we won in 2009, you had a strong, you know, CC Sabathia on top of his game, AJ Bernard. And you need like at least three or four good guys. We didn't have that. We just had Severino who came up short. And then after that, there was no one to back him up. So it has to be starting pitching this offseason. And, and I think that's what you can see. They're talking about Corbin. Uh, they might make you know make a play for Keiko or something like that. You, you you can't have like as much as I love the guy. You can't have like CC Sabathia starting an important game four or five. It's like mm, you know. Mm -hmm. Greatest Yankee pitcher of all time? Uh, pound for pound, 
it's got to be Ron Guidry. Now, Mariano Rivera has the best stuff, but in terms of Ron Guidry, in terms of, you know, being a starting pitcher, having the fastball, being a lefty, I have to say Ron Guidry. A lot of people say, I would say it should be Whitey Ford, but I think back then in those days, like, pitches were, he was probably only throwing, like, 87 miles per hour and stuff like that, so... I think if you like Whitey Ford pitching this era, he probably got rocked. Ron Guidry, he could probably pitch back in the 20s, 30s. He could probably even pitch now and still be successful. So I have to say Ron Guidry. Excellent. And one last question. Don Mattingly, Hall of Fame, yes or no? No, sorry. Oh, I know. I, I know. still like you anyway. It's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Check it out. James's new show is called Section 420 Talking Yankees, Tuesday, 7 p.m. on BX Omni, Optimum 68, and also on Files 34. Thank you so much, James. Thank you. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. Go Yankees. Thank you so much for tuning in to another installment of Emerging Media Makers. I'd like to thank our director, Lisi Dominguez, Latrice Burton on the prompter, Phil Lane and Audrey Duncan, our producers, associate producers, Leomari Rodriguez and Ramon Torres, and the rest of the team at Creative Services. BronxNet, remember, provides training and classes to Bronxites so that they can tell the stories that are important to them. To learn more about YouTube, have a program on BronxNet. If you have a good idea for a show, simply go to BronxNet.org, BronxNet.org, click on Join Us, and then click on Produce Your Own Show. We look forward to seeing you in episode number three, Emerging Media Makers, Bernardo Maranta. I've been with you, and I'll be with you next time as well, here on BronxNet. <laughs>